This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Kevin McCarthy promised to stay in the race to become Speaker of America's House of Representatives. He lost three successive votes on Tuesday as 20 right-wing Republicans withheld their support. It marks the first time in a century that the lower chamber of Congress failed to elect a leader in a single poll. The rebels have coalesced behind Jim Jordan, though he lacks the support of the rest of the caucus. With their narrow majority, any Republican would need all but four of his party's votes. Voting is to resume on Wednesday and will continue until a speaker is chosen. Russia blamed a Ukrainian missile attack that killed at least 89 Russian troops on Sunday on its own soldiers' use of mobile phones. The Defence Ministry said the mass use of personal mobiles, which is banned, helped Ukrainian forces locate the troops in Makivka, a Russian-occupied town in the Donbass region. Ukraine and some Russian military bloggers have claimed the casualty count was far higher. Inflation in France unexpectedly slowed in December, according to provisional figures, as energy prices eased. INSEE, the National Statistics Office, said annualised inflation fell from 7.1% in November to 6.7% in December. Economists had expected a small rise. The figures provide more welcome economic news in the Eurozone after a similar fall in German inflation for December was announced on Tuesday. America's Food and Drug Administration will allow American chemists to stock abortion pills, even as access to the actual procedure is curtailed by the Supreme Court's repudiation of Roe v. Wade. Mifepristone, a drug used to induce abortions, had previously been available through clinics. Now the federal government will allow any customer with a prescription to buy it. Roughly half of the state governments, however, ban it entirely. The European Commission indicated that it is likely to require COVID-19 testing of all inbound travellers from China to the EU. Its member states have converged on the restriction, according to a spokesperson. Several have already imposed it on their own. Despite its still rising wave of infections, China complained that such restrictions were ginned up for political purposes. Twitter said it would reverse a ban on political advertising permitted on its platform, implemented in 2019. The firm also said it would relax its policy towards caused-based ads. The changes are the latest in a series of shake-ups introduced by Elon Musk, who has mostly spooked advertisers since buying Twitter in October. Europe continued to experience unseasonably balmy weather after at least eight countries recorded all-time temperature records for January. Temperatures in Poland beat the country's previous record for the month by 0.3 degrees centigrade. Beachgoers basked in around 25 degrees centigrade in Bilbao, the hottest ever January day in the Spanish city. Scientists warn that climate change can cause extreme temperature patterns to intensify. And fact of the day. 1,016. The number of days China will have spent closed to the world by the time its borders open on January 8th. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. America's economy loses its mojo. The world's biggest economy may be limping into the new year. A survey of America's manufacturing sector, due out on Wednesday, is expected to reveal that in December it contracted for a second consecutive month. 
If so, it will add to evidence that the economy is on the cusp of a recession as the Federal Reserve's aggressive tightening of monetary policy makes its impact felt. A crucial question is how the Fed will respond to the slowdown. Minutes from the Fed's December meeting, when it last raised interest rates, will be released on Wednesday, too. Analysts will pore over the month-old details to glean hints about the central bank's thinking. The new data and minutes, though, will pale in importance compared to a jobs report on Friday. So long as America's labor market remains robust, the Fed is likely to persist with raising rates. It worries that wage pressures will keep inflation high even as the economy sputters. What Ukraine's Bullseye Says About the War Ukraine rang in the new year as Russian cruise missiles rained down on Kiev. Hours later, the country had its revenge. Using American-supplied HIMARS rocket launchers, it destroyed a temporary barracks in a school in Makivka, in eastern Donetsk province. Russia's defense ministry said that 63 soldiers had been killed. Ukraine and some Russian commentators say the true figure is around 400. The strike sparked fury in Russia with its military leadership. Our generals are untrainable, thundered Igor Girkin, who led Russia's first invasion of Donbass in 2014. The attack shows how Russian forces still make elementary mistakes. Ukraine is thought to have picked up the mobile phone signals of the Russian troops in the school. It also demonstrates the vital role of attrition in the war. As Ukraine uses long-range precision weapons to wear down Russian forces, much as it did before offensives in Kherson and Kharkiv last year, thinner Russian lines could pave the way for another Ukrainian advance. The Rising Price of a Baguette Thanks to generous government subsidies and a low dependency on Russian gas, France has been relatively well protected from Europe's soaring inflation. In the year to November 2022, the French inflation rate, at 7.1%, was the second lowest in the Eurozone, after Spain's. But even France is bracing for a rise in prices when figures are published on Wednesday. The Bank of France expects the country's inflation rate to peak in the first half of 2023. This comes at a tricky time for President Emmanuel Macron's government. It has just ended petrol subsidies at the pump and raised the cap on increases to electricity and gas bills to 15%. Support will be limited to small firms, such as the corner boulangerie. Higher costs of living will be keenly felt by many families, just as the government is controversially planning to raise the retirement age. France, no stranger to bread riots, could be in for a turbulent year. Myanmar's Sour Toast to Independence At precisely 4.20 on Wednesday morning, a four-hour military parade kicks off in Nyepitao, the capital of Myanmar. In 1948, this was the time deemed most auspicious by astrologers for the country, then known as Burma, to declare independence from British imperial rule. Seventy-five years on, the generals now in charge will oversee a gala of concerts and sporting tournaments, as well as a show of fireworks and drones.
but few citizens will share in the revelry. Many feel shackled anew since the army seized power in a coup nearly two years ago. Destroying the country's brief experiment in democratization. Suppression of dissent has spiraled into an all-out civil war. Armed opposition groups claim to control almost half the country, and the conflict has reverberated far beyond Myanmar's borders. Southeast Asia's criminals find safety in the military-governed hinterland, and hundreds of thousands of people have been forced to flee their homes. A general election, due by August, is expected to mock democracy more. Netflix and Shill Madoff on film. Fourteen years after his arrest, and almost two years after his death in prison, Bernie Madoff is getting the Netflix treatment. Madoff, The Monster of Wall Street, a four-part docuseries about the mega-swindler, is released on Wednesday. Madoff's Ponzi scheming has already inspired a welter of books, plays, and television dramas, as well as a documentary about his secretary— Is there anything left to tell? Netflix insists there is. It promises unique access to whistleblowers, employees, investigators, and victims, as well as never-before-seen video depositions of Madoff himself. There are unlikely to be startling revelations. Nevertheless, the story of New York's dodgiest investor continues to resonate, and in one important sense is not over. A liquidator is still recovering and distributing funds to bilked investors. More than $14 billion has been handed back so far, with more expected in 2023. For many who lost money, the anguish and suspense continue. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers, and as important, Tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which area of Los Angeles was stricken by violent riots in August 1965? Tuesday. Which novel by W. Somerset Maugham is based, in part, on the life of Paul Gauguin? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Albert Camus, who died on this day in 1960. Without beauty, love, or danger, it would be almost easy to live. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.